Greetings and welcome to an episode I'm calling Dante's Inferno. Now it's not going to be what you think it is in regards to the name, but it's based on what something that just took place last night in the city of Brooklyn Center in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's a suburb of Minneapolis. It's going to set the stage. I'm going to get into what happens in the book of Ezekiel in chapter 38 and 39. I'm going to go through the names of the places and the people and what it means, and it gives a little bit more context of where we are. And you'll see what I'm talking about as we go through. But I want to, I want to touch on something because there is definitely a building, a brewing of something that is happening, and we can see what is being told to us in the names and the places. God is trying to reach out and tell us what's happening. He's trying to reach out to people to give them a chance because I think this big battle is coming very soon, and you'll see what I'm talking about. Now, what happened in Minneapolis was there was a, a 20-year-old and his girlfriend were pulled over because he had expired tabs on his license plate, and then it escalated. Then he had like an air freshener from his, hanging from his rearview mirror, and it turned into him being shot. It escalated quickly. And now last night there was the riots, and politicians are saying kind of bizarre things. There's looting. And it's right in the midst of this whole trial over Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd. Minneapolis, the Twin Cities, is a tinderbox. And as we see with the last time that something happened in Minneapolis with the George Floyd, it spread around the world. So be ready, because this very likely could do the same thing. Let's look at the name real quick. All we have really at this point in time is the name and the city. Dante Wright in the city of Brooklyn Center. Now Dante means vanquish, subdue, conquer. It also means something about endurance. I reference it because it's a familiar title for people if they've seen the movie Dante's Inferno or read the book. But then Wright means worker, like a carpenter. It's more specifically around woodworking, it's construction. Now this took place in Brooklyn Center. It'd be the, the middle. Brooklyn means broken land. But it also, also can mean something like marshland or something also to, to deal with more. Now to moor would be to fasten a ship, like on a dock. You would moor it. But it seems to be more tying into this broken land. In the center of the broken land. If you know Minneapolis is right in the middle of the United States and if you go north to south in North America, it's kind of in the middle. So there's something happening. There's some a vanquish, a subduing, a conquering of some kind of work. Maybe it's the showing of the work of the architect in the middle of the broken land. We'll see how that plays out, but there's more of those types of incidents if you've been paying attention recently, especially in the last 24 hours. There's been a pretty big uptick in that type of news. But we're also seeing what, <laughs> what just took place with the Volcano, a massive one, just went off in St. Vincent, an island in the Caribbean. Some very strange news happening there. They're only allowing people out to be rescued from that island if they've been vaccinated. <laughs> so at least the messaging to start with is they're going to let people die there if they haven't taken the jab. Unless they can find their own way out. But the name of the volcano means sulfur vent. If you put that into context, like with the Dante's Inferno, what that seems to ins 
indicate is it's almost like the vent coming out of hell from the, the <laughs> vanquishing, subduing, conquering fire of hell. It's like this vent. And it's spewing this pillar of smoke. Which we are told there will be the pillars of smoke in the end times. It just so happens to be in the middle of the land, in the center of the broken land. At least the Dante Wright incident. But let's get into what we're going to be talking through with the prophecy of against Gog. That's what it starts out in Ezekiel 38. But it really comes down to the names of the people and the places to put context into what is happening. And when you start to see it, you can see what's happening now. And I've talked about it before. But if you look in what is happening in world events, you have the hook in the jaw. Now starting back when... If you look at from the sign of the woman, the 1260 days from September 23rd, 2017. I'm not going to go back over all the specifics with that, but there was a 1216 day countdown, or 1260 day countdown that's spoken of in Revelation chapter 12. It's the sign of the woman. When that 1260 day period hit is when the Pope was in Iraq doing some kind of pagan thing. I think it was putting the hook in the jaw with the Middle East, but there was also some, something seems to be released. Now if we go into the other thing that has been spoken of quite a bit on this podcast would be the 1290-day countdown that is given in the book of Daniel. If we use that same starting point, that brings us to Easter, Ishtar, this last year. Since then, a lot has been going on. There was the Egyptian golden parade of pharaohs. There was the 22 pharaohs. <laughs> they did a crazy <laughs> parade. Watching it was creepy. But also in that time frame from the 27th of March, there was this announcement of this Messiah in Israel. And then there was also some kind of celebration right around that Easter time, Ishtar. The 4-4 or Nisan 22 it was in the evening or late night on the 3rd of April into the 4th. Since then, things have been ratcheting up pretty significantly. So we had first the hook in the jaw in the Middle East with the Pope going to Iraq. Then you have the U.S. met with the Chinese delegates in Anchorage, Alaska. Hook in the jaw. We're seeing a continuation of the building from that now with China at basically any day appears is going to be invading Taiwan. And the Philippines have gotten mixed in with that as well as a lot of the other countries around the South China Sea. And the other one that seems to be more on the, the front in a bigger sense is Ukraine. Ukraine was going to go and invade the eastern side of Ukraine it's called the Donbass. It's the section that wanted to break away from the rest of Ukraine, as well as Crimea, which has joined with Russia, but Ukraine is going to take it back, and they've been sending all kinds of military over there. And Russia said, nope. <laughs> and the militaries are building up, and their forces are coming in from NATO to support Ukraine, and Turkey is saying they're going to support Ukraine, and Russia has 100,000-plus troops on the border, Belarus is getting into, I mean, it's getting, again, looks like any day, 
that one could pop as well. But in context of what we have seen from people like Albert Pike, the jab man, <laughs> saying his plan for the three world wars to usher in the pure doctrine of Lucifer. If you haven't read that, I encourage you to look that up, the three world war plan of Albert Pike and read through it, how the first two happen exactly to plan. The next one is about there. But it also, it stems in the Middle East though, it stems with this conflict between Iran and Israel, or the Zionist nations. Muslims against the Zionists. That will bring in, in Henry Kissinger's interview he talks about, that will be the, the, the tipping point, but that's where it's gonna start, but finally it'll pull in China and Russia into this great battle where in his plan, in his example, he explains what this great reset is. It's the killing of 95% of the population of the world. That's gonna start off as we've seen with a few waves of a virus. He said that in an interview in 2018. So to give more context of where this is, as I talked about the hook in the jaw, let's look at what Daniel, or excuse me, Ezekiel says in chapter 38 and 39 let you decide if you think this plays in part here a little bit. The word of the Lord came to me, son of man, set your face toward Gog of the land of Magog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, and prophesy against him and say, thus says the Lord God, behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Okay, there's a lot of names already uh, starting out, but I want to put a little context in here. First, we're going to be talking quite a bit about the sons of Japheth. Now, Japheth was one of the sons of Noah. Noah had three sons, Japheth, Ham, and Shem. Then Japheth had seven sons, Gomer, Magog, Mada, I think I, I, think I wrote Mada, Javan, Tubal, Meshach, and Tyrus. Can't read my own note there, so you, you can look that up. But the main ones that we're going to be looking at are Gomer, Gog, Tubal, and Meshach. But also one thing I want to point out is his brothers, Ham and Shem, there's the discussion about what Ham did with the uncovering of his father. If you look in Leviticus 18, you will see it explains what is the uncovering of his father's nakedness is. It's Ham slept with his dad's wife. You can read that through for yourself. You'll see it explains it. There's all kinds of people talking about, well, Ham slept with Noah. No, that's not what happened. You can read through that yourself. But as we're going through this, we're going to be focusing a lot on the sons of Japheth. And there's also the, the place, or this Gog. Who is Gog? He's the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. Well, Gog, and from a person's standpoint, was a Reubenite descendant of Joel, prince of Meshach and Tubal. Now, Meshach <coughs> is the son of Japheth, as I said before. It means long, tall, or drawn out by force. So when we put this, as we get into this, we're going to be talking about this hook in the jaw. This whole place, a lot of these places are going to be kind of in the area of Turkey, Russia, and Asia. You'll see that's, that's where Meshach is. It's kind of in that Mideast area, but southern Russia up in Turkey. 
It's north of the Black Sea region of South Russia, kind of in that Ukraine area, possibly even the country of Georgia. <laughs> you can see how these are already coming together. And Tubal, it means whole world economy. Spear is, it's a symbol of government. So in the previous podcast, I talked about the tip of the spear. Now we're seeing how this is coming into play. It also means table of nations. It's like the hook in the jaws drawing these people out, the table of nations, the, the spear, we can see the same symbology. It's the world economy is going to be impacted. It's the table of nations. A lot of this goes through the United Nations. It's the hook in the jaw bringing these entities to war. So already we have two of the sons of Japheth. Meshach and Tubal. And I will turn you about and put hooks into your jaws, and I will bring you out, and all of your army, horses, and horsemen, all of them clothed in full armor, a great host, all of them with buckler and shield, buckler is just a smaller shield, wielding swords. Persia, Cush, Put, and Put are with them, all of them with shield and helmet. Gomer and all his hordes, Beth Targama, Beth Targma, Targama, uh, from the uttermost parts of the north, with all his hordes, many peoples are with you. So let's look at who's coming with. So Persia, that's Iran. <laughs> that's where the Persians are, and that's where Kissinger talks about the Persians. That's like the big balance. That's the one of the big keys. And you, there's the Prince of Persia. There's something about Persia that's very powerful. Now we're also getting into Cush. Cush is the eldest son of Ham, so grandson of... Oh, it would be a brother, excuse me, a nephew of Japheth. And that would be like south of Egypt, Ethiopia. There's also talk about Nubia, queen of the south, the Nubian queen. That's part of Cush. Ham, that's the son of Ham. But one thing I forgot, I want to go back. I, I talked a lot about Gog and I was talking about Meshach and Tubal, but I didn't get into Magog. Magog, uh, this is from the, I was reading through, I was looking at these different sources and I, because I wanted, there's so much news about what's going on in the Far East with, with the Asian countries and this new thing that they've been trying to start up, this Asian, Asian rage and people going and attacking Asians here in the United States. This is from the trumpet.com. Japheth married a woman of the yellow race and went on to father the Mongolian people. So we're getting this, the Asian race, so it would have been uh, Japheth, he would be more of the Israelite, mixing with this Asian, or the yellow race, so you get this mongoloid, it's a combination of Caucasoid and Asian people. Japheth means enlargement. In Hebrew, his descendants have long been the most populous people on earth, with the bulk living in China, Southeast Asia, and Japan. You can see how they're getting pulled in. The Gog of Magog, we'll see how this Magog component, the Meshach, Tubal, all of these things come together in a much bigger way. Now, according to Josephus, he was a historian, he wrote in the first century, Magog founded those that uh, from him were named Magog, Megagites, but who are by Greeks called Scythians. 
Magog equals per, uh, Russia east into modern day China and Mongolia. It's a mix, kind of a mix in with the Turks, but it's this, a blending of the line of Noah in with the yellow wife of Japheth, and you end up with this Mongolian Magog people. All of basically Russia, South Russia, some of the Turks mix in there, all the way through to China and Japan. That's this whole group. Now the Persians are with them, Iran and Cush. The eldest son of Ham is with them, so it would be the nephew of Japheth. That's kind of the, the Nubian, so that would be more of the black people, bit of a mixed race again. And put. Put means to push, shove, place. So if you put something somewhere or it comes to an end, it, it, it comes to a put an end to th things. That's kind of what it is. There's kind of like this pushing, shoving, placing something, but it's to draw out an end by force. And I was looking at, because put is awfully similar to the name Putin, Vladimir Putin. If you look at the etymology, it's a little bit funky. You have to dig around a little bit, but it looks like it comes from put which only makes sense because that's the first three letters, put. So again, it points to this whole thing. It's western, the western side of this would be Russia, all the way to the eastern side would be China, Japan. And again, people move around a little bit and you get mixes of things, but that's just the basic geometry of it, or geography of it. And then we also get in Gomer. Gomer and Beth Tagarma. So Gomer is the father of Ashkenaz, and it's, it means standing for the whole family. It's kind of in that area of Constant, Constantinople. It's or Istanbul now, but it's the northwest corner of Turkey is where that would have been, where Gomer was considered. But he's the father of Ashkenaz. I think that's important because Ashkenaz, I think, is the root of the Ashkenazi people. That's what is 93% of what's considered Jews today. It's Ashkenaz. It's more of this Asian mix of race. It doesn't really have so much to do with the house of Israel. It is an Asian mix. It has more to do with China and Russia. And then you have Tagarma, Beth Tagarma. That would be the son of Gomer. And that's more from Central Asia. So you can see this whole Russia, China, Asian mix is what's happening and going on here. Be ready and keep ready. You and all your hosts that are assembled about you and be a guard for them. After many days you will be mustered. In the latter days you will go against the land that is restored from war. The land whose people were gathered from many peoples upon the mountains of Israel which had been continual, a continual waste. Its people were brought out from the peoples and now dwell securely, all of them. You will advance coming on like a storm. You will be like a cloud covering the land, you and all your hordes and many peoples with you. So you can see this whole, this group, these hordes. It's all, there's a lot of people between Russia and I'm guessing a little bit of mix in India and China, the Asian, the Mongoloid, the mix of Russian and Far East countries. There's a lot of people. The hordes, the people of the north. 
Thus says the Lord God, on that day, thoughts will come into your mind, and you will devise an evil scheme and say, I will go up against the land of unwalled villages. I will fall upon the quiet people who dwell securely, all of them dwelling without walls and having no bars or gates, to seize spoil and carry off plunder, to turn your hand against the waste places that are now inhabited. And the people who are, were gathered from the nations who, were acquired, who have acquired livestock and goods, who dwell in the center of the earth, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish. I'm going to pause there for a second. I'm kind of in the middle of something. But think of where, where are the people that have been that are resting securely the most as far as haven't really had a war in a long time and don't have walls. Kind of sounds like the United States, North America, doesn't it? And this is the mountains of Israel. If you've, if you've done any study in the history of where the people that settled from Europe that came to the United States, most of Europe and United States would be the Caucasians. It's this, the sons of Noah, the Japheth, Ham and Shem. But it looks more to be Shemesh, I'm guessing. But you look at the people and and then it's the center of the earth, but we look what just happened in Brooklyn Center. It's broken. The center of the broken land. Where have the, that the nations have acquired the livestock and goods who dwell in the center of the earth? And it seems to be here in the United States. I'll continue here at verse 13. Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all its leaders will say to you, Have you come to seize spoil? Have you assembled your host to carry off plunder, to carry away silver and gold, and to take away livestock and goods, to seize great spoil? Well, let's look at what we have going on there. We have Sheba, Dedan, and the merchants of Tarshish. So Sheba means to an oath. It's uh, Queen of Sheba. She visited Solomon after hearing of his, his wisdom. Now, the location where Sheba would be is South Arabia, kind of Yemen. We've seen that being stirred up. There's, that's been fighting. It's the Houthis going against Saudi Arabia, and they have the backing of Iran, the Persians. But you can see this Sheba, it's the Queen Sheba, it's the Nubian thing. It's tied to Cush. Now, Dedan is the other one. It means their breasts, friendship, a judge. Dedan also is a Cushite considered a mixed race from northwest Saudi Arabia, somewhere kind of in the Jordan, Iraq area, at least at that time. Now people move. I think a lot of people get stuck on where people are today, but people migrate a lot. So it's kind of somewhere between like Jordan and Iraq. And then we have Tarshish. The merchants of Tarshish, it means to beat down, to shatter. But the area, it's the city of Tarshish would be around Lebanon. Now, there's two things that are kind of interesting when I looked at Tarshish. One, it's Lebanon. And to beat down and to shatter. There's a commercial for Hulu right now about shatter. YouTube it. It's bizarre. They drop things and everything shatters. But also, what happened in Lebanon, I think it was about a year ago, basically a nuke went off in their port. The merchants of Tarshish. Continuing at verse 14. Therefore, son of man, prophesy and say to Gog, Thus says the Lord God, 
On that day when my people Israel are dwelling securely, will you not know it? Now think about where these, I just mentioned the people of Israel. Now, it's a house. It's the house of Israel. It's a nation. It's not a country. A lot of people keep looking at the country of Israel in the Middle East, but the country of Israel is pretty small and it's not inhabited by what would be considered Israel. Majority of the people there that associate as being Jews are Ashkenazi. Most of the people that would be considered the house of Israel moved north. They settled into Europe and then to the United States, North America. That's the people that are dwelling securely. At least that's what they think. I'll continue at 15. You will come from your place out of the outermost parts of the north. You and many peoples with you, all of them riding on horses, a great host, a mighty army. You will come up against my people Israel like a cloud covering the land. In the latter days I will bring you against my land that the nations may know me when through, when through you, O Gog, I vindicate my holiness before their eyes. They're going to come from the north. This whole group, this, the Gog, and May, or Gog of Magog, it's all these, this host, the hordes coming, it's the Russians and the Chinese are going to be coming over the north. And if you've noticed anything in the news, Russia has been building up a massive presence in the Arctic. Bases and submarines. They'd be coming from the north. Continuing at 17. Thus says the Lord God, Are you he of whom I spoke in former days by my servants, the prophets of Israel, who in those days prophesied for years that I would bring you against them. But on that day, the day that Gog shall come against the land of Israel, declares the Lord God, my wrath will be roused in my anger, for in my jealousy, in my blazing wrath, I declare, on that day there shall be great, a great earthquake in the land of Israel. The fish of the sea and the birds of the heavens and the beasts of the field and all creeping things that creep on the ground and all the people who are on the face of the earth shall quake at my presence. And the mountains shall be thrown down, and the cliffs shall fall, and every wall shall tumble to the ground. I will summon a sword against Gog on all my mountains, declares the Lord God. Every man's sword will be against his brother. With pestilence and bloodshed, I will enter into judgment with him, and I will reign upon him and his hordes. And the many peoples who are with him, torrential rains and hailstones, fire and sulfur. Remember I just mentioned... The volcano that just went on, it's called the Vent of Sulfur. That's the translation of its name. It's some kind of French name. I continue. So I will show my greatness and my holiness and make myself known in the eyes of many nations. Then they will know that I am the Lord. That's the end of 38. I'm going to finish with chapter 39. There's less to dig into as far as the names because we've already established that so you can see how this sums up. And you, the son of man, prophesy against Gog and say, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against you, O Gog, chief prince of Meshech and Tubal, and I will turn you about and drive you forward and bring you up from the uttermost parts of the north and lead you against the mountains of Israel. Then I will strike your bow from, the, from your left hand and I will make your arrows drop from your right hand. You shall fall on the mountains of Israel and you, shall, you and your, all your hordes and the peoples who are with you I will give you to the birds of prey of every sort and to the beasts of the field to be devoured. 
You shall fall in the open field, for I have spoken, declares the Lord. I will send fire on Magog and those who dwell securely in the coastlands, and they shall know that I am the Lord. I will send fire on Magog and on those who dwell securely in the coastlands. So there's going to be fire coming down on this whole land of Russia to China as they've been on that land, but probably also as they're coming in against the mountains of Israel. In my holy name I will make known in the midst of my people Israel, and I will not let my holy name be profaned anymore. And the nations shall know that I am the Lord, the Holy One of Israel. Behold, it is coming, and it will be brought about, declares the Lord God. That is the day of which I have spoken. Then those who dwell in the cities of Israel will go out and make fires of the weapons and burn them, shields and bucklers, bows and arrows, clubs and spears, and I will make fires of them for seven years so that they will not need to take wood out of the field or cut down any of the forests, for they will make their fires of the weapons. They will seize the spoil of those who, dis who despoiled them and plunder those who plundered them, declares the Lord God. On that day I will give to Gog a place for burial in Israel, the valley of the travelers, east of the sea, and I will block the travelers, for there Gog and all his multitude will be buried. It will be called the valley of Haman-Gog. Haman-Gog is it's the valley, it's the multitudes of Gog, it's, the, it's a massive burial site. It's, it says five-sixths of the army of Gog. It seems to be a symbolic name. I haven't been able to find, I haven't been able to track down what it, where it might actually be, but I think it's going to be more symbolic. For seven months, the house of Israel will bury them in order to cleanse the land. All the people of the land will bury them, and it will bring them renown on the day that I show my glory, declares the Lord God. They will set apart men to travel through the land regularly and bury those travelers remaining on the face of the land so as to cleanse it. At the end of seven months, they will make their search. And when these travelers through the land, and when these travel through the land, and anyone sees human bone, then he shall set up a sign by it till the barriers excuse me, I lost my spot. Till the barriers have buried it in the valley of Hamangog. Thus shall they cleanse the land. As for you, son of man, thus says the Lord God, speak to the birds of every sort of the and to the beasts of the field, assemble and come together. Or come, gather from all around to the sacrificial feast that I am preparing for you, a great sacrificial feast of the mountains of Israel, and you shall eat flesh and drink blood. You shall eat the flesh of the mighty and drink the blood of the princes of the earth, of rams, of lambs, and the he-goats, of bulls, all of them fat beasts of Bashan. Now Bashan is east of, it's a place east of Jordan, kind of, it's Syria, but there's also something that I caught here that's pretty interesting is when I was looking up Bashan, I found Basham. Same spelling, it just has an M instead of an N, and it has to do with those that settled in Norfolk and Suffolk. A little different area, but I don't know if it's tied together, but it could be interesting to see how this plays out. And you shall eat fat till you are filled, and drink blood till you are drunk. At the sacrificial feast that I am preparing for you, and you shall be filled with my table with horses and chariots, with mighty men and all kinds of warriors, declared the Lord God. And I will set my glory among the nations, and all the nations shall see my judgment that I have executed 
and my hand that I have laid on them. The house of the Lord shall know that I am, their, I am the Lord their God from that day forward. And the nations shall know that the house of Israel went into captivity, captivity for their iniquity, because they dealt so treacherously with me that I hid my face from them and gave them into the hand of their adversaries. And they, had, they all fell by the sword. I dealt with them according to their uncleanness and their transgressions and hid my face from them. Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel. And I will be jealous for my holy people. They shall forget their shame and all their, the treachery they have practiced against me when they dwell securely in the land with none to make them afraid. When I have brought them back from the peoples and gathered them from their enemies' lands, and through them have vindicated my holiness in the sight of many nations, then they shall know that I am their Lord, their God, because I sent them into exile among the nations and then assembled them into their own land. I will leave none of them remaining among the nations anymore, and I will not hide my face anymore from them. When I pour my out my spirit upon the house of Israel, declares the Lord God. So if you see in 38 this building, the hooks in the jaw pulling these nations to the, to the battle, so that then God can step in with his might and show his glory, we all see it, the enemy will be defeated. The earth will be cleansed. And the house of Israel will be restored. When you put into context the, the places, the, the Gog of Magog, the sons of Japheth, the, per, the, those that are with them, Meshach and Tubal, Persia, Cush, Put, Gomer, Tagarma, Sheba, Dedan, Tarshish. When you start looking at the context of what's even happening just in the last 24 hours, the Dante Wright in Brooklyn Center, God is trying to tell us something. Because at some point, <laughs> if you follow any of the news, what's happening either in the Ukraine with Russia being pulled in, what's going on in with Taiwan pulling China in, what's going on between the stirring up of the fight between Iran and Israel, all the countries that are assigning and assembling themselves for this battle, the militaries are moving. Ever since the start of this pandemic, quote-unquote, the Operation Warp Speed, there have been massive movements of military. The hook's been put in the jaw. They're drawing them out, and it looks like the battle at any point could start. The plan, according to Pike and Kissinger, is to start in the Middle East, then to pull in Russia and China. My guess is it all happens pretty much at the same time. And God will move in a very big way. So be ready. Be ready.